Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, guys, so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to streamline your team onboarding process. So onboarding team members is super crucial to setting the tone for their role in your business and setting them up for success. So having a streamlined, clear onboarding process increases the chance of your team members enjoying their role on your team feeling confident in what they're doing and therefore is going to also help in lowering turnover rates on your team. So I want to go ahead and kind of talk through a couple of the pieces, the main points that we'll be discussing. Um, One being hiring, two being prepping for onboarding, and then three, we're going to be actually discussing the process of onboarding um, and kind of tidbits of like the training pieces. Um, But I really wanted to go in depth about this because we actually just did this. We just hired two new team members on our team. So we just completely revamped our onboarding and training process. And so it's kind of top of mind for us right now. And I wanted to make sure to speak on this while it's fresh. So if you guys do have questions at the end of this episode, feel free to shoot us a DM, but we're going to go ahead and dive into hiring. So obviously before you onboard or before you can onboard a team member, you want to streamline your hiring process. So one thing that you want to make sure to get clear on is your org chart and where you want the team to grow. Um, If you guys are not familiar with Tatiana O'Hara, she is definitely a resource that I would recommend reaching out if you're not clear about the direction or how you want to be hiring. She's phenomenal when it comes to team and team structure. So definitely recommend reaching out to her. I'll make sure to link her in the show notes. But that is one of the very first places I would get clear is your org chart and what are the roles that you're needing to hire for. Um, And then from there, you're obviously going to outline the role. So see where there are gaps in your business. Sometimes where you think there's gaps, it's not really typically where you actually think it is. So create a super detailed job description and you want to include things like the responsibility. We like to include a sampling of tasks that they would be completing just so they have a better understanding of what the role is actually going to look like. Information about your company, what would make them a great candidate. We always like to offer also include our company core values because it's a lot easier for us to train on tech and systems in the role than it is obviously on things like character, work ethic, core values, morals, things like that. So when we are looking at hiring, we're more looking at a culture fit um, and a fit within the team versus how advanced are you in you know setting up Zapier because those are all things that we can train on. And then from there, you wanna go ahead and set up your application. So obviously we use ClickUp when we create our applications. ClickUp has a forms function on their paid plan. We do have have a coupon code for the paid version of ClickUp. If you're interested in upgrading, it'll get you a discount. We'll link it in the show notes, but we use that um, in our application process. So you want to make sure to outline what that process for reviewing applications is going to look like. Um, That's what we actually end up building out in ClickUp and board view is really that process. What are the milestones that we need to hit throughout that interview process or that application review process? And we move that card or that application through that process as we go. And that's how we're able to kind of keep everything organized in the back end. 
then you're going to want to go ahead and host interviews with questions that make sense for your business because you want to get clear on why you are asking each question. You, you know, you don't want to go and Google what are great interview questions. You want to make sure you're very strategic about the questions you are asking in your interview. Um, and so I would actually spend quite a bit of time outlining what it is you want to be asking them and what a good answer in your mind would be because you want to not just think about, okay, what is the question I'm asking? You want to say, what is the ideal candidate? What is their response going to be like? Um, and so we also like to kind of outline what we would consider a good response, right? Um, and again, being very clear on why you're asking each question. We're being strategic about the questions we're asking. Another thing that you can do in your hiring process is send test projects if it's applicable. Maybe you're hiring for a VA and you want to ask them, okay, hey, so-and-so submitted an email that they're upset about something that they purchased. How would you respond? We like to do a SWOT analysis, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. We just wanna make sure that the candidate Candidate that's been applying for our role has actually done some research on our company because a lot of the times, especially for the types of roles that we're hiring for typically in our business, you'll get a lot of people that are just applying to any and everything that they can um, without actually looking at the company, without actually looking at the company values or why it would be a good fit for them. And so to kind of weed through our applicants before they have our interview, we always ask for them to submit a SWOT analysis of our company just to make sure that they've done their due diligence and actually look looked at our company, looked at our website, and that it is a good fit for them. So it's kind of like a, an extra little step to make sure that we're getting people that are actually invested in our business and wanting to work with us specifically. So, and I guess, you know, to kind of wrap up hiring, I would say don't settle. It's okay to put another application out there if you don't find the right candidate, right? Or if you maybe hired somebody and you're like, man, this really isn't feeling like the best fit. That's a situation where, you know, I would definitely recommend really evaluating. You know, I don't necessarily recommend, you know, hire slow fire fast scenario. Um, we do like to give people an opportunity to prove themselves to us, but obviously we do have to be considerate of our time and our resources. And so that's a situation where I would say just, you know, if you're feeling like it's in your gut, not a good fit, I would pay attention to that um, and make sure you're evaluating that sooner rather than later. The second thing that we wanna focus on is actually prepping for onboarding. So you wanna create a team training program. Uh, we obviously, we created ours in ClickUp. It's like an entire training portal. It's brand spanking new. And it, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. So when you're prepping for onboarding a team member, you want to prepare for somebody maybe that is 100% green to the online space. Maybe they have been in a corporate nine to five. They've never worked in the online space before. So you want to make sure that you're preparing and giving them the tools and resources to understand this space. For example, even terminology, um, maybe it's the term an evergreen course or a lead or an, an email sequence, things that they may or may not be used to depending on their role, depending on if they've been in this space or not. And so when you're preparing for onboarding, you want to make sure that you are creating those resources. Maybe it's something like a company glossary or things that would help them become more familiarized with either their role, the company, or the space. We just kind of go in with the assumption that the person that we're hiring on this team has never used any of the tools we've used. They've never been in this space before and they're not familiar with the terminology. And that's how we build the baseline for our training program. You wanna go ahead and start to build this into your project management tool to acclimate them to the platform. So that's why, you know, there are some really great training program platforms that you can use, like for example, Trainual. Um, if you've never used Trainual before, I will link that in the show notes. It's a great platform to use, but we also like to use ClickUp for ours just because the nature of our work and what we're doing is all based in ClickUp. And so we also use it as an opportunity to familiarize our team member with ClickUp itself. And so that's really, 
one of the big, big reasons why we create our training portal in ClickUp versus an outside platform. And then you really wanna start with getting to know the company, right? Familiarize them um, with your company, with your core values, with who you are as a team, why you do what you do, who you serve, your clients, et cetera. You wanna make sure that they're understanding really why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it really helps for them to become more invested in their role and I think helps to kind of alleviate the mentality of I'm here to just check tasks off. You want them to be invested and have buy-in in our mission and our company values and the vision of the company. I think that's incredibly important. And then you want to make sure that you're introducing them to platforms that you use. What are they used for? Why you use them? For example, if you use Slack, you know, if you're hiring green, they may have never used Slack before. They may not even know what Slack is. And so you want to have them set up their platforms, get familiar with them, have trainings for each task they'll be taking on. For myself personally, I like to understand full circle why I'm doing something. And so that's why we take them micro step by micro step through each thing in our business, because we want them to make sure they're understanding the whole process start to finish in that end game. And another really important thing is you want to make sure that you're creating SOPs for every task training that you have. So, um, and I guess I should clarify, um, SOP stands for a standard operating procedure, and it is basically a guideline on how to complete a task or a process in your business. If you have a team at this point in time, this is a phenomenal way to have them help with this process. If it's just you, that's no problem, but you want to go ahead and have yourself or your current team members help in this process. So having an SOP system eliminates contradictory processes and ensures that all SOPs comply with company standards. So it's going to also encourage team members to take responsibility for their tasks. So as an example, if you have a virtual assistant on your team and they're responsible for managing your support inbox, they're also responsible for the corresponding SOP for that process. So they're responsible for creating the SOP. They're responsible for making sure to update it or maintain it. If their process changes, that's their responsibility to also update that SOP. SOP. So that's something that I definitely recommend to really set up this training process is really getting your team to be kind of all hands on deck with this. Um, I think it's incredibly helpful and it also helps eliminate you as the bottleneck in this situation when you're creating a training program um, because you're not the only one that's responsible for everything in your business and this is going to help speed things up a little bit. And then you want to make sure that you have a company standard for creating your SOPs and storing them in an organized way. So obviously again we store and organize all of our SOPs in ClickUp. That's how we have always stored ours. We have tweaked and changed it especially recently just because the volume of SOPs that we have in our business we have a lot and we needed our SOP manual to really function like a database and something that was searchable. And so we had to um, restructure how we organize our SOPs in ClickUp, but that is where we organize and store them. Um, another option would be Airtable would be a good place. You could even potentially use something like Notion um, if you're looking for more of written SOP format. 90% of our SOPs are video SOPs. And so we do store all of those in ClickUp. Um, and then to learn more about creating SOPs, we actually do have an episode on building SOPs for your business in the show notes. So if you guys are just getting started with SOPs, we do have an entire episode already recorded on that and it is linked in the show notes if you guys are interested in listening to that episode. Um, another thing that we like to do is include a task transfer timeline. This is what really helps them know what tasks they're going to be taking on throughout the onboarding process. So obviously when you onboard a team member, you don't want to just 
start them and throw them to the wolves, right? There has to be some type of transition period. And this really helps them, I think, have a better understanding of what that role is going to look like. So for example, week one is for us is always training week. And then after that, we are going to start actually doing task trainings. And each week that they complete task trainings, the following week, they'll be responsible for the task. And so you just want to make sure that you're creating a task transfer timeline so that they can slowly start putting those on their plate versus just dumping them all at once. Again, you want to make sure your process for onboarding and training is setting your team members up for success. Um, And then you also want to make sure that you're creating training expectations for things like communication, response times, daily check-ins, and anything else that you want to stress for your new team members, make sure to set that in a training expectations document. And I would go over that with them upon onboarding. Typically, you'll have a kickoff call with a new team member. I would set those expectations in place from the get-go. Like, hey, this is what we consider good communication practices or how many times we expect you to be checking in and things of that nature, just so they're aware from the get-go so that you don't have to do things like micromanage your team. And then when you're creating simple KPIs, get those built into some type of habit tracker for KPIs when they are completing their trainings so they can kind of track those things on their own. Um, As example, did I do my AM and PM slash check-in for today? Yes or no? Did I complete all my trainings for today? Yes or no? Did I document any questions for our next weekly meeting? Yes or no? Um, And whatever those milestones would be, I would just create kind of like a tracker for them so that they're, they're able to kind of say, okay, did I complete this today? Yes. And then, you know, really setting up a clean onboarding program is, is just going to be the key to onboarding team members in the most efficient way possible. It's going to make it easier for you to scale this. So if you're needing, for example, like I said, we just hired two team members at once and we are hiring quickly. We'll, you know, be hiring again in the next I would say two months or so. And this process is really just rinse and repeat. And so that's what's nice about building these is you're not having to reinvent the wheel every single time you're onboarding a new team member. And what's good about that is typically when we're hiring, we're hiring for need, right? We're either um, at capacity, something, you know, I don't like to say that we should necessarily hire very quickly because, you know, you want to make sure that you are being strategic about that hire. But sometimes it's based of like, holy crap, like, we don't have as many hands as we need. We're overwhelmed, we're drowning in tasks. And what's hard about that is if you are in a place of overwhelm, then going and having to create a training and onboarding program feels very daunting and overwhelming because you are already overwhelmed with tasks. And so having this program built out um, is gonna make it a lot easier for you in instances where you're like, man, we really need to hire somebody pretty quickly because you've got everything built out. Um, And that could even be a situation where maybe a current team member had to leave suddenly for some reason that you're covered and it's not gonna be very hard for you to basically hire somebody to replace them. Sorry to interrupt the flow but this will be real quick. So you guys have downloaded ClickUp, but you kind of don't know where to get started. No worries. We've got a one-stop template shop full of ClickUp templates that will get rid of that headache. You can use our done-for-you plug-and-play templates to systematically scale your business so you can generate more revenue and more time, which means you're growing your business rather than managing it. All you have to do is go to the shop link below in the show notes and get what you need. We have templates for coaches, virtual assistants, OBMs, and social media managers. You can purchase templates individually or you can buy them as a bundle. So do yourself a favor and check out our ClickUp templates today so you can start focusing on the bigger picture in your business. Now, back to the show. 
And then the last point that we're gonna cover is onboarding and training in general. So when it comes to actually starting your onboarding of your team members, you wanna make sure you welcome them into the company and take time to clear up any initial questions or concerns. So like I said previously, you wanna start with an onboarding or welcome meeting, right? You wanna introduce them to the team. You wanna start off with some fun icebreakers. Whenever you're starting a new role, it can be nerve wracking, right? Maybe be a little anxious, a little nervous, a little scared. And so we always like to make this first meeting very conversational and informal and just getting to know them as a person versus getting down to brass tacks, so to speak. So we always like to start with some fun icebreakers and keep it conversational. And then you want to go over, like I mentioned, any training expectations. So as far as like check-ins, anything of that nature that you would have for your training program specifically, I would make sure that those are addressed uh, at the get-go. You want to walk them through their training portal and the platforms that they're going to be using. So maybe if your training program is built in Trainual, you want to walk them through Trainual. If it's built through ClickUp, you want to walk them through that process as well. And then you want to make sure that you answer any initial questions that they have. So I always like to uh, make sure that this is an open door policy and that they are very aware of that. Like if you ever have questions throughout this process, please always come to us. We're here to support you. And so you want to make sure that you're actually communicating that on that call. Um, you want to make sure that they get logged in into the essential platform. So like their project management tool, a communication tool like Slack, and then their team email that they're gonna be using, making sure that they didn't have any issues accessing those. And then what we like to do is create a Slack channel for your new hires to communicate questions specific about their training. So we have a team training hub where we add those new hires into, and that's just kind of their location where they can communicate with us specifically about the trainings that they're going through. We also have a Friday check-in form. So this is really just a space for them to ask questions about any of the trainings that they went through during the week. It's going to allow them um, to also encourage idea sharing because 100% of the time when we're hiring for a role on our team, we don't wanna just hire people that are yes people. We want people to challenge our way of thinking, challenge what we're doing. And so this gives them the opportunity to say, hey, I noticed this about a process that we were doing. I think this would improve it. Or I noticed we're using this platform. This one. Would potentially be better. Um, we encourage that on our team and this Friday check-in form gives them the opportunity to share those ideas. Um, and then you also have to have a process for addressing questions and encouraging your new team member to make them feel supported and it gives them more confidence in decision making. So we never want our team to feel like it's a burden that they're asking questions or it's an annoyance ever. Absolutely zero percent of the time we never, never, ever want our team to feel that way. And so we always make sure that this check-in form is another touch point for them to feel comfortable to drop more questions if they have them. And then I think another thing to really, you know, touch base on is the importance of team culture. And this kind of goes back to creating that open door policy and transparency and creating a space for them to ask questions. Um, we want to allow them to ask questions while also encouraging them to share their ideas. So for example, we have a question method on our team. And what that really is, is if somebody has a question, we encourage them to bring that question to the table, but we also encourage them to propose solutions, right? We're in a land of resources, right? We have Google, we have a million different one ways to figure out how to do something. And so whenever somebody comes to us with a question, it's, you know, hey, court, I 
have this question. Here's two to three possible solutions that I think would be the answer. I think this one is best because of this reason. And so especially working in a remote situation where people are potentially in different time zones, um, going back and forth really isn't a good or conducive use of our time. And so making sure that we're providing, hey, I think these solutions would be best. It's cutting down on that back and forth. Well, what do you think? Well, I think this. And so doing that at that time, it's cutting down on that. And so you're coming to a solution much more quickly because all it takes is a manager or the other person that you're communicating with to pop in, look at the question, review the solutions and say, yeah, this is an awesome idea. Let's move forward with this versus that back and forth. And so that's something that we like to implement in our team um, to really make sure that we're encouraging people to want to find um, the answers and be resourceful. And then you want to make sure again to set those expectations for communication and availability. So set expectations on how to communicate and in what circumstances. So for example, each communication tool has a purpose. Zoom, right? That's for weekly team meetings. Email on our team is never used to communicate as a team unless it's forwarding an email from like a support inbox to a managerial inbox. Team is always going to be internal. For example, Slack is for all internal team conversations. And then ClickUp, um, that's related to all communications for our tasks or our project specifically, unless it's something that's super time sensitive. We really use Slack to kind of supplement team conversations and click up is more for project and task updates. So really overall, always being open to tweaking your onboarding process. Um, with each new team member, you're gonna find ways to continue to up-level your onboarding and training process. I'm constantly dropping things in Slack for our operations manager saying, hey, this is an idea for our training program, or hey, this is an idea on how to audit homework, or this is how we're gonna do this, because we wanna continuously evolve. We don't want things on our team to sit stagnant, and so that's one thing that I would encourage you to do as well, is make sure that you're constantly auditing and reviewing these processes because you want to continue to improve them as you see maybe gaps or holes in your process each time you onboard a team member. So, you know, all in all, having a streamlined team onboarding process is going to make things so much easier for you, your team, your new hires, and creating a process that's clear and detailed is going to help your team members feel more confident in their roles, which in turn is going to help you scale your business. So I hope these little tidbits of how we've outlined our process were helpful for you. If you guys have questions, as always, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. We have a free Mighty Networks community where we're obviously sharing all of this information and we have a really good community in there that's great about asking questions and giving feedback. So we'll make sure to link both of those things in our show notes. But if you guys, again, have questions, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, we will see you guys on next week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.